Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's go back to 2011 with Squidge. Let's look at the World Cup again with Squidge. Hello and welcome to the Squidge Rugby World Cup Retrospective, the rugby podcast where we try to remember a game from nine years ago that we watched two weeks ago. I am Robbie or Squidge or whatever, whatever you want to call me, and joining me as ever is Will Owen, who you speak for yourself when you say two weeks ago you watched that. I watched it about two hours ago. Yeah, we were due to be joined by a guest two weeks ago. Yeah. Then uh, that guest didn't happen, then we had another guest lined up, and then that didn't happen, and then we had a third guest lined up, and that didn't happen. So we... Also... There's this rugby tournament that's going on that people are talking about, which is called like the Six Nations or something. It's stupid. Name. It sounds really dumb. Well, it sounds like it's oh, crap. Right. Okay. So if there's only specifically it's called the Six Nations, that means you can only have six teams in it. Yeah. Right. So what's, what's the, the point? point in that? What's the point? Like at least like World Cups are superior because yeah. twenty teams, and you know the saying, the more the merrier. Exactly. That so is, there should that be more teams, that and that's why I mean. It's annoying that there's a maximum cap in sports events. You can only have twenty teams in it. Yeah, that isn't yeah. an That's annoying thing. Unless on, it's the Pro Fourteen, who are exempt, obviously. To the the Pro Fourteen, which has fourteen teams, which is I will never have any more than that. No, no, no. It's going to be the Pro Seventy Two, like the season after next. Yeah, I mean, I think it is already. Yeah, the Rainbow Cup is going to actually include all the colours of the rainbow. Yeah, and they're each going to get an individual team, like the Cardiff Blues. That's yeah, the yeah, yeah. So far, well, there's going to be one team who represents like the rainbow itself. Yeah, because um, like obviously each team is from a place on the major hand anyway. I mean, uh, I don't know about MLR, but whatever. But there's one team just that represents rainbows. Yeah. I could insert an Irish stereotype there's, there's, here. Yeah, exactly. There's... But I'm going to choose hey, not to do that. Hey, you said MLR, the pot of Nola gold at the end of the rainbow. Nice. Nice. Uh, I also have um, something to tell you. Okay. Um, uh, it's uh, it's not like a big uh, coming out or anything. Not like a right, big you're not the rainbow cup. Yeah. yeah, sure. But um, last night, yeah. I had a dream right. um, where I recorded an episode of this podcast without you. Basically, I recorded with um, our previous friend of the podcast, Tom Savage. Okay. And instead of watching back a game, we couldn't find it on YouTube or anything. So we just played it on the Rugby World Cup 2011 video game. That works. Um, that works. And then we just commentated over that. And I didn't tell you that I recorded it without <laughs> you until I uploaded it without context to the YouTube channel. That's Squid Rugby. Wait, wait a second. Yeah, <laughs> that's not how the podcast works. No, no. But I, I, I ballsed up without you, man. Yeah, you did. Um, it's almost like I'm here for a reason. Uh, almost, almost. I'm, I'm very clearly not. The idea today is we're going to talk about Wales' a sixty-six nil win over Fiji. I'll tell you what. What a sentence. Watching this game back, it was really. Good fun. It was. Because I watched a Wales-Fiji match knowing Wales are going to win it. Yeah. And win it comfortably. Like, there's a point where Wales are 7-0 up. Fiji nick a line out and kick down into Welsh territory. Yeah. And commentators are going, oh, this is where Fiji can strike at best. And I'm just thinking, no, we're going to win 66-0. <laughs> it's fine. Well, because the first... Feel okay. The first five minutes of this game are proper Wales-Fiji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that Fiji are chucking out about and looking really dangerous. And Wales keep ballsing everything up for themselves. Right? You know, yeah. Wales keep just ruining it. And you're thinking... No, not again. 
Not four years on. We're not going to blow it against Fiji and, again as we do every year. Yeah, and vice versa. Years. Like, Fiji screw a few things up and they yeah. still kind of happen to go all right. Like, mm. one minute into the game, Nicky Little delivers the world's shittest pass to Michael Tani Thackenbaugh, who is the Tani Thackenbaugh that Scar- Scarlet signed by accident, yeah. I, will, I will add. And he still makes a line break from it. Granted, yeah. Lee Harpen is the opposite man, so he makes a tackle. But... Yeah, that's it's super confusing and super like it would be stressful if not for the fact I knew knew the score. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't for like twenty <laughs> that, minutes before. That whereas... also feeds into the fact there's a moment in the second half where Fiji go for goal from like a penalty almost between the posts. Yeah, and because I remembered the score was sixty six nil, I was able to go. Oh my god, he's going to miss this. Yeah, <laughs> he's it's gonna great, miss isn't it? This. Because looking at Nicky Little, who is a legendary fly half yeah. for Fiji in the Pacific, it's his last shot at goal for Fiji. Yeah. So they get the penalty on the 22 mm. and it's not between the posts, but it's not like on the touchline. No, sure. And they're given the penalty. And obviously I had the same thing for remembering the score was 66 nil and thinking, oh, they're going to go for the corner here. That's interesting because yeah. that's probably the wrong call at this point. Because they were probably, what, 7, 14, maybe mm. 17 nil down at this point. Uh, and I'm thinking, OK, that's an interesting call. And then he does go for goal. And you're right. It's that thing of just like, how the fuck is he going to miss that? Yeah, it's proper Paul C behaviour, isn't it? It really, <laughs> it really is. It's extraordinary. Um, but the commentator, Simon Ward, pulled up a statistic. I'm not sure if you heard about this. That basically, he kind of said, well, he's going to obviously leisurely slot this one over and he will become the first Fijian to score in four World Cups. Yes. So he joins like Brian Lima and he named a few other names. DTH Underworth. DTH, yeah. He hadn't done it yet, but he went on to do it. Yeah. Uh, people who score in forward cups and I thought okay that's 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 pretty brilliant but then mm. I remembered so he went in as probably the second choice fly off yeah. to Lovignali in this world cup and so my buy as well yeah but you think okay so legendary fly half known for good goal kicking it's great that he's going to go to this world cup and he is going to be the first Virginian to score f- points in four different world cups and this fly half goes the whole world cup without scoring a single fucking point yeah is glaring and like knowing as I say that the score was 66 nil, mm. and you just think if they score any points in this game they score a try he's probably going to get the conversion yeah you yeah. know because the jeans they'll probably run out in the posts you know exactly. whatever yeah. if they get a penalty that'll be Little's name on it but nope even when like they smashed Namibia obviously I, I think he didn't play in that game did he so, but he still he still played in three of their four games yeah you know and didn't score like, a single he, point he started two of them <laughs> That's remarkable. He started two of them. He is the top point scorer in Fijian rugby history. He is probably the best goal kicker they've ever had, and that's it. Other than Ethan Fatwa, who obviously hated Fiji rugby for the trap yeah. they laid on him, and they then he didn't score a point. It's it's remarkable. Yeah, yeah. You feel from a bit. Um, yeah, a little you bit. You can't help it. He was a good did, player. He did have a shot good as between the posts. Yeah, <laughs> to land he, that. he was a good player for the majority of his career. Yeah, yeah. But this wasn't the majority of his career. Uh, this, no. this game. So it's that kind of that slightly sad thing of a player who's been great but was slow at the best of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, then by the end of, of his career, he was sort of dragged out of retirement for the like, Cup as he, well. He's one of those players that won his first cap in the amateur era. Yeah. You know, and this was still going at this point. That's the thing. Like almost 15, year, 15 years into professional. He felt ancient at yeah. this World Cup. It felt, as I say, like they dragged him out of retirement. Yeah. Know? It felt very much like, oh, Nicky Little's still about. Okay, off the top of your head, who's the last player to retire that played in the amateur era? Martin Williams on the top of my head. Oh. Who played until 2013. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I think there is there is somebody who retired like a couple of years ago, but it would have been like yeah. a Georgian or something like that. Sure. There so, must be. I'm really not I suppose sure. there's there's a lot of like Momolatika types who That's play true. lower league rugby. Yeah, Aleki Lutui still plays. Yes, 
So there's there's definitely a few of them out there. I, I think Pacific Islanders probably have that in common of never wanting to stop playing. Yeah. Like Paul Tupai played partly, for Bedford Blues until he was 43. Exactly. Maybe 44. So Partly out of sheer love and partly out of the fact that it is the securest job you can get as a Pacific Islander. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it is, it's that stat that like a third of the Tongan GDP is from professional yeah. players sending money back. Yeah. Like it's the highest paid job you can dream of in, and in I Tongan. never blame players who go until they're like 38. No, like, exactly. Get this money while yeah. you can. You know, enjoy yourself. Unless you, you know, Johnny Sexton claiming he's going to... Well, he today hinted that he might retire yes. before 2023. Yeah. So... Which uh, would be good for Ireland. Yeah. And probably for Leinster. Yeah. At least if Leinster can keep him in the squad as an option. Yeah. But... Of course. But, you know, Harry Burns on his way to the Lions tour this summer, isn't he? So. Absolutely. No, he's, nailed, he's the captain. They've confirmed yeah. it. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's done. He's oh, okay. Done. Yeah. Okay. For, he's the attack coach as well. For both... He's captain for 2017 as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're just retroactively giving Harry Byrne 2017. Okay. for every Lions tour backwards. Okay. Yeah, so, like, Willie John McBride's been actually raised out of history. He doesn't okay. exist anymore. He, ah. was, he was Harry Byrne the whole time. No. Oh, man. That's a sneaky bugger. I know. I know. Um, I've actually, as a side note, right, this is something you may see, because I haven't considered this yet. So, I've had pieces going up on the BBC, which are kind of like remixed versions of what I've done on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Wait, are you and... a YouTuber? No. Thank you for asking, though. Many people made that mistake when looking at me. It's the hair. I have been asked to change the word git into something less offensive for the BBC. Wow. And I'm not sure what to say. Because you just use the word bugger, but I think bugger is equally bad as git. Yeah. Like, they're both, like, real, like, bottom tier of, like, they don't quite qualify. They're at the bottom of the stairs that are swear words, you know. I've just had a memory come back to me from this World Cup. I can remember. It was probably during Australia, maybe against Russia. Mm-hmm. There was a spam advert at half time nice. where it was like spam on. This, yes. This. Yeah, you remember? Yeah, yeah, that? You spam remember that on from the sunshine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spam. Or whatever it was. Man. And we, for some reason, at one point, that was the first advert that was played at half time. Mm. And then for the entire rest of the ad break, we kept singing the, that song <laughs> where one of us would say spam on. And then the other person would say a line. Yeah. And then say spam on. And then we'd like alternate doing rhymes with each other. Do you remember this? No. I remember at one point you said spam on for the sake of it. And then I said like spam on because you're an annoying blank. And then that was the bit. But I was thinking of the word git. And then I realised about three months later that that could have been the word shit. But at this (laughs) point, I was 14 and probably never sworn in front of you. Yeah. So... It was a good bit to, to finally pull <laughs> it's out. It's a pretty good, pretty good bit. Yeah. You knew what the word get was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a good yeah. word. Is, yeah. is it? I don't know. I, don't know. I hadn't used the word in... But it just felt like the word to describe Wales against Scotland. <laughs> git. Instinctively, jammy git felt like the oh, right yeah. term yeah, of for course. Wales. You know? yeah. And I've now got to find a way, something else to replace jammy, to go in for the BBC. <laughs> well, speaking of jammy... Mm. Wales' first try in oh, this game give me against Fiji... But that's fine. ...was... By, by Jamie, Jamie Roberts. Roberts. That's very jammy itself. So basically, Fiji have a throw into the lineup. <laughs> when you said speaking, I was thinking like, which player was covered in marmalade the whole time? Oh, that Why was, was Paddington Bear playing. <laughs> that was a uh, fullback, Elisea Carasoni. Right, uh, okay. Fiji. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was covered in he marmalade. Was great friends with Paddington Bear. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And you've heard the phrase when... butterfingers before, yeah. but it's marmalade the, hands. It's the first is... time Darkest Peru have qualified for a World Cup. So, rugby. Mm. Fiji have the throw into a line out. It goes very, very badly. Yes. Sam Warburton just kind of gets it and goes, well, what do I do with this? And offloads it to Reese Priestland, who then goes, well, what do I do with this? Who offloads it to Jamie Roberts, who goes, I know what to do with this. I'm going to not pass it. 
and then he just does the dummy and go straight through. And it's a really poorly defended try. <laughs> it's terrible defence, isn't it? They all just kind of go, but your man. Yeah. But it's sort of, there's an element of, A, there's something weird in the fact this is the game. And like, I mean, the only game in, in rugby history where Jamie Roberts kicks and steps. Yeah. Like, he does both as his default option. Yeah. Which is great. And like, he the, does really fancy passes back inside and everything. You went through the thought process of the Welsh thought, And I in my head, it was slightly different, right? Because it was a bit, as I said, the first five minutes and this try was scored after about five minutes. Yeah. The first five minutes were properly like fracas and like all over the place and both teams were panicking. Sure. And Wales looked a bit like, we we don't necessarily got this. We've been good up until now, but we're so good at blowing against Fiji. And yeah. this was only a year after Wales drew 16 all in the Millennium Stadium. We were there. We were there. It was one of the most horrible 18 minutes of my life. I can remember. Right. So yeah. that game ended with where Ryan Jones gave away a penalty with, yeah. uh, in the last play. And then Sarah Meyer Bai stepped up to take it. And I can remember as Bai was about to take it, it was mm. between the posts. It was a gimme. The score was 13-16 to Wales. Obviously gets three points. It's going to be a draw. And I can remember when the penalty was awarded, we kind of all looked around like, oh no, this is going to happen, isn't it? And then I turned to you, tapped you on the shoulder and said, if he goes for goal, let's boo him. <laughs> <laughs> like we were the only two people who thought of that. So and am you, I a boo? You just kind of then went like, yeah. <laughs> and then obviously the whole stadium booed him yeah. and hoped that he missed and then they booed Wales off the pitch. Yeah. I mean, because... you couldn't tell who was being booed. Like it was yeah. just, it was a proper French crowd moment. Yeah. God, yeah. it was so grey and miserable. That whole thing was like genuinely the darkest time I felt watching, especially in the stadium. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. But it was very nice watching this as uh, sort of the 60, 66 points to the good. Yeah, but that, that was it. Because that was it in our heads. Yeah, that, for sure. That match was there. And people kept bringing it up beforehand, you know, of like last year at home, Wales drew with Fiji. They were terrible. Ryan Jones got dropped as captain as a result of it. Yeah, of course. They gave it to Matthew Reese and eventually went Sam Warburton after that. And you can't help but and... feel like Fiji's form in this World Cup is somewhat irrelevant because they know yeah. how to beat Wales. Exactly. They're, they're in Wales' head. And you had that feeling leading into the Jamie Roberts try that. God, it's you know, yes. Yeah. And then when that um, was so poorly defended, you kind of think, but no, but okay, right. So ball comes off the line out, and Warburton and Priestland are both panicking and just shifting yeah. the ball along in that way you hate to see, and it's very much been cut out of the game now at the of course, highest level. Yeah. But he gets to Jamie Roberts, and he just goes, "Should we win, lads?" Yeah, <laughs> and like, and it's like, do you know, like everyone else is panicking. Have you noticed that they're shit? Yeah, and like he steps inside both of the. Mm. Fijian centres and then it's the way he places the ball down he doesn't yeah. dive or anything and then he just has a look around of just like that was too easy there's no one near him no you know? like he's just completely burst through on his own without without a finger really being laid on him and, and he's Jamie Roberts like, there's just a real that. like there's a smug look on his face yeah. of just like lads we're going to beat these easily yeah like he can ju- he just knows like he's almost point. secured the bonus point in his mind at that moment yeah you know? exactly I can remember when we had uh, Jamie Wall on talking about mm. uh, Fiji France no New Zealand France yeah and he said about the way Adam Thompson put the ball down rather yeah. than diving was sort of a statement of intent yeah and yeah. like I agree with that in the, it, like with this try that it, he looked like he canted in and wanted yeah. to make a, a, make a statement about it. And as you say, there's some... 
there's some all over the placeness to the next yeah. few minutes until Scott Williams scores. Yeah. Sort of because there's about ten minutes between the tries. Yeah. Which I didn't remember being that long. I remember I figured it was actually where we scored that Roberts try and they settled down and you know it kind yeah. of went from there. But actually, the first fifteen minutes are pretty Wales Fiji. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. They're pretty chaotic, and but you feel Fiji could win it still. That Scott Williams try was just wonderful. It was it's it's so an absolute good. pleasure to watch. That it's it's weird because like it somewhat reminded me of the. In the 2019 World Cup, that first mm. minute against Georgia, when yes. John Davis went through and scored the try one minute into the game, and you just feel like this Welsh team are good. I remember before that game, yeah. being sat in the stadium and sort of texting you, and we, us both being a bit worried and like yeah, looking at the Georgia team and being like, "Oh, it's actually good. Lobinetsa yeah. and Gogadze yeah. and Gogadze. Yeah. Like it's a good Georgia team." And suddenly being nervous. Yeah, and then that Foxy try just set everything to rights. Yeah, and he just thought, and "Lads, we're going to win the World Cup." Half to half time, I genuinely was starting to yeah. think, "We're no, going to no, win the World Cup." Honestly, we're... when Foxy went through that gap, I just yeah. thought, "That's a World Cup winning team." Yeah, you know, I, I... <laughs> narrator put pipes in and says they did not win the World Cup, <laughs> but still. But I, because I'd had that thing that I'd said like a year in advance that South Africa Wales were playing the semi finals, and whoever won that would win yeah. the World Cup. And I, I had that in my head, and I was starting to think, we'll beat South Africa. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, narrator, they did not beat South yeah. Africa. But no, but, the, this try, this Scott Williams try, really felt like, okay, and this this team's good. There they're, was an article they're, they're going places. On, I want to say it was the BBC, but it might have been The Guardian. Okay. I remember reading the following day hmm. that began along the lines of, and it's something that always stuck with me, uh, watching Wales dispatch Fiji 66-0, I couldn't help but wonder if we were watching 2011's Champions by whatever journalist and I felt like the thing is honestly Ooh. obviously that's aged quite badly and like we obviously know why mm. but, but honestly watching it you, like as I say like you get a really good feeling about I, Wales watching I never got the feeling they're going to win the World Cup no 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 I, I don't but, I think I think I got carried away and sort of started saying oh we're going to win the World Cup and stuff. I did think that in 2019 I oh, yeah, think that Wales team were good enough that's I didn't thing. think they were in 2019 we'll get onto this in the yeah, semi-final yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but no I didn't Honestly, I, I didn't look at it and think, yeah, it's a World Cup winning team, like no. I did with the Jonathan Davis one. But I thought this team is is good. Like yeah. we we've got a chance here. Yeah. To summarise the try, so Priestland does this really nice flat ball, and he mm. he just from miles out sees a two on one that Jamie Roberts has on the edge, and Jamie Roberts does this really nice pass within half a second to set George North three. He offloads to Scott Williams, who steps the fullback clean off, and it's just it's poetry. Yes. And then again, the North try, there's the third try, yeah. is similarly lovely. Yeah. But there's that thing. You know how everyone said Warren Ball was really predictable? That, yeah. that kind of classic Warren Ball, yeah. which was you crash it up the middle and you work it all the way out to the touchline and then you start going the other way and you work all the way out to that touchline, sure. right? It was like what Fiji had never heard of Warren Ball. Yeah. It was like they had no idea that Wales just go out right to the touchline. So Wales had all these numbers on the touchline and Fiji just... Just had no one. They yeah. were just like, oh, were we supposed to defend that bit as well? Yeah. Like, I thought the trial, the, yeah, they the, were just the kind of outline was like, there. Wait, but aren't the centres meant to go in the middle of the pitch? Yeah. Like, that's not how it works. And so, Wales just load numbers, and there's this really lovely offloading. There's yeah. Bennett and Falatau. You can hear Hugh Bennett and... calling Jamie back inside. Yeah. And then it's a really nice pop. I mean, there's a forward pass from Hugh Bennett as well. There but... is. It's definitely forward. Yeah. But. But still, it's nice enough. It's really to, nice. Yeah, and, and then George North gets, steps the fullback. Well, and... he gets to George North, and you kind of think, oh, he's got a man. He's got half pennies outside, and he's yeah. got a man on his inside as well. I think it's maybe Scott Williams. Yeah, and, and he runs he's... it in like he's unopposed, doesn't he? Yeah, he then just goes, no, but I don't have to fix the fullback. I could like, just score. There's there's a slow fullback, and there's like thirty yards around him. 
because there's no one else covering. Yeah. I'll just run around him next to the post because the fullback's out by the wing. Yeah. Uh, so he runs that in. That's a, another lovely try which yeah. I really enjoyed. It was, of course, in the lead-up, there was an Adam Jones sidestep. Yeah, I've just got the words... Because, as I began to say, uh, I watched this two weeks ago thinking we we're going to have a guest on. Yeah. That guest didn't happen and I was sort of very busy and so on. And so I haven't had time to watch it a second time. But I do just have Adam Yes written in my notes in all caps. Uh, that is what that refers to. Yeah. He did a proper sidestep on the fullback. He did end up going down. But there's always, whenever Adam Jones got the ball and ran with it, there was always a sense of irony to it. And I loved that. Yes. Because he hated getting the ball. But when he did, he did his best. And he just always had a laugh about it. Love that guy. <laughs> yeah. So the next try, should we just quickly move sure. on to that? Let's move on. So, so just before half time. Yeah. So George North goes a very, very long distance. Was it on an inside ball? Uh, so the ball is thrown over the top of the line out and dropped off to him. Yes, that's it. And he does a lovely step and goes right through between the like. Because at this point, defenders weren't really tracking across from a line-out. No. So it's very thin on the edge. Oh boy, I wonder um, if someone could use that later in the World Cup to their advantage, doubt maybe. It, doubt it. And yeah, drop it off to North, who runs like 3 metres, 20 metres, yeah. 60 metres. Can't yeah. really tell anymore what's distance. And then offloads, just like slings the ball in the air for Sam Warburton, who regathers, goes over. For what was pretty much one of the images of that World Cup, especially yeah. from a Welsh perspective. Yeah, as this slides in, and that was for the bonus point as well, yeah. which guaranteed Wales the place in the quarterfinal, which we didn't touch on. Mm. There's At the start of the game, Simon Ward goes on this lengthy thing where he tries to explain, because like, if Fiji won by 66 points or more and got a bonus point and denied Wales any points, they would have qualified in their place. And then he just kind of explained, oh yeah, the Fiji have to score four tries, get a bonus point, uh, win by 66 points and have uh, four players with birthdays in November. I thought, oh, but good bit, Simon My favourite bit about that is he begins to tell that joke, then Jamie Roberts interrupts him by scoring the try, yeah. and he then goes back to it after the conversion and begins, as I was saying, I've got this pre-prepared line, I'm going to have to say it yeah. again. And power to you, Simon yep. Ward. That's the Absolutely. way you should do it. You know the thing that Sam Roberts was saying when he was on this yeah. podcast yeah. about how <laughs> he'll prepare thinking. a bit and then he won't get to do it for like four weeks. Yeah. Know? Because, <laughs> it was that. It was like, no, I'm, I'm gonna do this. I've got a good joke. I'm gonna do it. Especially because that one was so clear cut. It's about just the circumstances of the yeah. match. That one doesn't rely on Perry Humphreys falling sideways in a certain manner into. You <laughs> know, to be fair, that does happen every single whoever. week. Yeah, that's, that's why true. I pay my BT Sports subscription yeah, in order too. to watch Perry Humphreys yeah. fall sideways. Yeah, and it's really disappointing every time we sit down pick him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't think they should have signed Duan van der Merwe. No, or Chris Ashton. Yeah, maybe they just should play them. I think they should just play Perry Humphreys in every position. Yeah, I agree. Just 15 Perry Humphreys. I agree. Yeah. Maybe in the lineup because there are more opportunities to fall over then. I don't want him to fall from height and hurt himself. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. What if they have, like, mats for him to fall onto? That's a good so idea. Safe? What I'm saying is Perry Humphreys should become a gymnast but still play for Worcester Warriors. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad that we've cool. settled on that. We've, we've, we've carved that up. So, Wales going to half-time, what, 31-0 up or something? Mm. With a bonus point, they, they go in... Looking with a very healthy lead. Alfie is beaming oh, in the studio. He's a delight. Alfie is so happy. And also, as we record this, last week Alfie went on Graham Norton. Yes. Sat in the big red chair and it was revealed then that he has never seen the Graham Norton show and just appeared on Which it. Which is extraordinary. That's, it's the most boring like, move. There's, there's no... <laughs> if you were to line up every rugby player ever and say which one... 
has most likely watches Graham Norton every week. Sure. Like, I can just... I've got the picture so clearly of Alfie and his husband yeah. sat watching Graham Norton together. Yeah, and all of Alfie's mates night. are on there every yeah. week. And it's just... Uh, Graham Norton noticed this very quickly and sort of just <laughs> kept laughing, just saying, I can't believe you've not seen the show. <laughs> and just taking the piss out of him. And obviously Alfie is the best. He didn't do his rant that he did on Scrum 5 every week about, oh, I love Wales. I love representing Wales. I led my team out. I battled for, for my country and everything. And they didn't get a standing ovation at the end of everything he said, which was a different vibe to Scrum I 5. Do, yeah. I do think this often that because Graham Norton is broadcast in America on you know BBC America yeah. you know, every week. And normally the lineup on Graham Norton will be like Matthew McConaughey, Margot Robbie, Martin Freeman is this like slightly smaller star, but you know sure. people still know who he is. And then like Mickey Flanagan, yeah. you know, Josh Widdicombe, and it'll be a comedian who is well known in the UK, but no one outside the UK has a clue who yeah. they are. <laughs> Alongside three massive, uh, two massive stars, and then a star that Americans have heard of. Sure, I can't help but wonder. It's happened a few times since lockdown that he's just had like a anyone who happens to be in a local area he can get in. Sure, and so. They never explain who Gareth Thomas is. No. Like, right at the start, he says, rugby legend Gareth Thomas. And that's it. There's no explanation of, you know, first openly gay, you know, 100 times Wales, yeah. blah, 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 blah. None of that comes up. So um, everyone's so, just subject to just this this yeah. massive, hard, bald bloke coming on <laughs> and just be like, all right, lads. <laughs> the world's hardest yet campest man. Yeah, absolutely. He's... He's the one man to fit into that demographic perfectly, he, he, that crossover on the Venn diagram. Exactly. But I love the thought of Americans who barely know what the word rugby is, right? And Alfie appears the on... Wales. Yeah. He appears on British TV often enough that people kind of recognise him now sure. at this point. And obviously is, you know, proper rugby legend, well-known, yeah, of course et cetera. But <laughs> I love Americans, that being their first introduction to rugby, yeah. is this bizarre... As I say, hard as nails, but camp as anything. Yeah. Just bloke with an accent they don't recognise yet is weirdly very strong. I love Alfie. I, I would Alfie. I would die for him. Should we... Uh, so, yeah. Mm. He was the pundit on this game, of course. And you yes. Talk, yeah, obviously he's buzzing that Wales are into the quarterfinals. And, like, he never shies away from showing his emotions, does Alfie. No. He, like, obviously after the Wales-England game 2015, he just talks about, oh, I'm so happy. I wish I, wish I was in Cardiff right now, sort of thing. And yeah, he, he doesn't try and mask it or be unbiased or anything, mm. and nor should he. The other thing that happens right on halftime uh, that we missed is... So Bradley Davis picks up quite a nasty injury at the end of the first half. Yeah. Uh, and he plays on for a couple of minutes, and they go, okay, no, we're going to replace him, and now when Jones is going to come on. And the referee blows his whistle for halftime as Bradley Davis is being taken off. And right. Alan Wing goes up to the referee and demands to come on. But the referee's like, no, it's, it's halftime. We're going off. He's like, no, but I'm coming on now. I said, like, no, we, we're not, none of us The are show playing. must go on. <laughs> none of us are playing. You can't start now. So Alan Wynn was due to come on in the last play of the first half. That last play didn't happen. So he came on at half time. To be fair, Alan Wynn was demanding he play the last few seconds of the half. That's a pretty good strategy. Try and play whilst all 15 of your opposition are in the changing rooms. Because that idea. way, he could just kick the ball off to himself and score every time. If it was seven rolls, that is. You'd have to wait for it. You'd have to rely on somebody. Nicky Little. Fijian. Nicky Little. He's right. there. He's not scoring any points. We, yeah. We've established this. And Who Alan Wynn could win in a one on one match between Nicky Little and Alan Wynn Jones. Alan Wynn. Yeah, but Nicky Little could chip over him. That's true. But Alan Wynn Little. Then, Alan Wynn. Alan, no, wait, wait, I hear you. I hear you. But Alan Wynn would then trip him up and beat him senseless. <laughs> Alan Wynn would get binned. 
But I think Nick <laughs> Little still wouldn't score any points. <laughs> it's a question mark, right? <laughs> I think he can maybe get free while he's against okay, Melbourne. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. That's fair. So the team's come up for the second half. Are we happy yeah. to skip? He ahead? could at least get a shot got. He might miss it, but he could at least get a shot yeah, got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll skip ahead to the sure. start of the second half. There's a, a point where at the start of the second half, Wales suddenly come up with this massive big dick confidence. Alan Wynn comes on. The first thing he does is he throws this extremely like. Uh, it looks basic, but it's uh, threaded over the top of a Fijian player offload. Mm. And then Wales just kind of like, yeah, we can just go wide and score as many points <laughs> as we want. And then Albert Fooley really absolutely melts Lee Byrne on like the second phase of the half. And then uh, Natali Tale makes a break and makes his second kick of the game. Because yeah. clearly he had this massive, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Tale is excellent. Tally's yeah, he's really good. good. He's really good. Um, and he has that classic game that happens in World Cups where someone will have a good game against a big rugby nation yeah. and one of their clubs will sign them immediately. Yeah. You know, which is exactly happens, happens all the time. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, for the first like three minutes of the half, it was all Fiji. Yeah. Um, but you kind of think they've come out for a new confidence. And, you know, yeah. They might not win, but they're going to push Wales again. And they're going to, you know, try and make a really good showing of themselves. And yeah. Definitely not concede there's, 33 more points. As, of course, there was the two Talo chips. And then there's one as well where Matadingo chips it through and regathers it himself and has a bit of a run. Mm. And I just think, fair play, the back row are on fire. They're kicking better <laughs> than their fire half in this game, which shows a lot about their respect for the halfbacks. Um, but there's one point where Buatava, who's the Fijian 9, makes a little break down the short side where there's nobody marking him. Mm. And Luke Charteris just really cynically, very obviously tries to trip him up and misses. And the officials just don't notice. He can reach from one side of the touchline to the other. Mm. Yeah, but Buatava slightly no, stumbles. To be fair, actually, Luke Charteris had really long body. Yeah. Like, his sort of midriff was like 17 yeah. metres long. He's a freakishly large human yes. being. But yeah, no, and Butov slightly stumbles and nothing is done about it. Mm. And then Wales end up exiting from the 22 as a result of that break. But yeah, I just thought that was funny that Charteris just completely got away with that very obvious cynical foul. There's something else that happens at the start of the second half. And I vaguely, only vaguely remember this because the other like note on my watching of it was that I queued it up with the time kickoff would have been in New Zealand. Okay. So it kicked off in about 6am here. Yeah. So I watched it about 6am because okay. uh, I've been up all night working on a video that I, you know, I sort of finished it around like 15 minutes before this game would have started and decided, you know, what, I'll wait 15 minutes okay, and I like start that. off I like and that. watch it in time. And I 10 minutes out of half time, you know, da, 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 da. recreate the whole experience. I exactly. So I went as, as all in as I possibly could. So as I say, I hadn't slept much that night. I haven't slept much since then. I am currently pretty tired. I'm not going to lie to you. There are bags under my eyes. So big Ryan, I would charge for them. And yet... I remember from this game, quite clearly, there's a weird moment, and I don't really remember much of it, but I don't think I would have even if I did. I don't remember to explain it if I, even if I did. Uh, in which Simon Ward goes on a long tangent about Richard O'Brien. I missed this. The director of the Rocky Horror Picture Show and former host of The Crystal Maze, uh, which is a bizarre CV in and of itself. Which Alfie's been on, for the record. Alfie has been on, but with Richard Ayoade rather than yeah. Richard O'Brien, who is himself a film director. And he goes on a long tangent about Richard O'Brien that ends in him saying, I saw a statue of him somewhere, like, while I was in New Zealand. Okay. Um, and I don't remember it, but it's my one of my defining memories of watching this game back is, why is Simon Ward telling such a long story about Richard O'Brien when there's rugby going on? Did he prepare this bit as well? It's just demanding to do it. I think you might have dreamt that. I don't think I, I haven't dreamt, though. Like, I haven't slept in all the dream. Uh, I guess so. 
I don't know. Or maybe that's just what you think. Maybe everything's a dream. I maybe I'm just constantly imagining. Wait, did I actually have a game of rugby 2011 with Tom Savage last night? He and uploaded to Squid Rugby. I was wondering what he was doing there. Was the lockdown on? Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember, to be mm. honest. Uh, I don't know what's real. I should check the channel, really, shouldn't I? Yeah, you probably should. Mm. Um, and just see all of just, the other videos. I just hate all it. the other videos on it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're just all bad. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing of any value there. No, it's just, bad. like, not in this podcast. Oh. Anyway. Um, what are you rugby? going on? What are you going on? There's nothing of any oh, value. Oh, sorry. We just established this. I'm just going to go to sleep then. Okay. Good night. See ya. I'm glad you finally owned up to snoring because you denied it for a very long time. <laughs> for like years when you were a kid, you just denied you snored and you always have since oh. you were like a baby. You were a snorry baby. Was um, I? Yeah. Huh. And you just always snored, and you always even used to when I was awake. But like, if ever I mentioned you snored, you used to get really annoyed and say, "No, I don't." No, shut I up. don't. Yeah. I well, the truth is, I'm very rarely not snoring. Yeah. Um, even when like, you're awake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I'm awake, I just said that. You... I disagree. Is that the word I should use with the BBC instead yeah. of "git"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. That's my <laughs> suggestion. I was actually trying it's to remember good. what word I said earlier. <laughs> Pillock or something. I can't remember, but. That, yeah, that'll tell you. <laughs> I certainly, I'm not told because you didn't fill in a word there. Look, I think we've had a perfectly good time here. Okay, I think we're continuing to have a really good time, and I don't see why that has to go on. Okay, bye. See ya. Just kidding. <laughs> we filled the whole. No, audience. I was. Oh. I was being very serious. What? Oh. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What do we do now? I genuinely don't remember. Okay. Do we do Man of the Match and Tick of the Day now? Should we? Should we just... How about, until we remember what we do, yeah. we'll just talk about rugby. Okay? Okay. Because rugby's fine. Yeah. Rugby's like our only shared interest, so I feel like we can we can go... And it's the only thing we have in common as well. I don't know who you are. that we both like rugby. Lloyd Burns scores a try, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. The best moment a, in rugby history. He, he was, was a brick player a year ago. ago. Yeah. Oh, what a classic. Everybody always said that and still says that. Literally everybody who's ever, ever, who's ever lived has said that at some point. But yeah, that was, that was fun. It was uh, really confusing when Gandhi said it. <laughs> he keeps getting quoted on it. <laughs> Lloyd Burns, he was a bricklayer a year ago. So wise, so wise. It's true, it's true. It's like one of the, that, that meme where it was like, uh, oh, Drake really went deep when he said Lloyd Burns was a bricklayer <laughs> 18 months ago. Um, <laughs> it's like the end of Spartacus. 
Yes, like Lloyd Burns was a bricklayer a year ago. No, Lloyd Burns was a bricklayer a year ago. Lloyd Burns was a bricklayer a year ago. So yeah, more kind of collapses, and Lloyd Burns just kind of picks it up and she goes, "I'll have it, lads. Yeah, I'll have it." And he goes the whole way, which is like it four collapses. Meters. Unlike a wall, he would have worked on because he was a good quality workman. Bricklayer, he was a really good bricklayer. Really I don't really know. I've not um, seen him play bricks, but I've seen him play hooker. Yeah, um, and number eight. Has he played number eight? He played number eight for Cross Keys and Newport. Oh. And then converted to hooker, got into the Wales team, and then retired for injury. Fair play. He was, well, he was Dragons captain for a year, retired for injury, ended that year. That what was a legend. It. What a legend was of rugby. He's a, just a bizarre footnote, Lloyd Burns. He is. he is. You know, he's such an odd little addition. But to he's a footnote history. with five points to his name, which is... More than any of us. I can say. remember how much we celebrated this. That was great. Like seven a.m. Yes, I can remember with Sam Alden's bonus point try. I, that was when I came back in, like with my breakfast, which had just been served oh. as he was going over the line. So I missed George North's break. But with this one, I can remember us all celebrating like mad. Mm. Lloyd Burns, this novelty act that was playing number sixteen for Wales, had yeah. managed to score a try, and uh, yeah, I loved him. I loved watching him. Yeah, um, yeah, he was. Great. And because he was clearly in that way that you see a lot of professionals who come through academies and you know at 18 sure. they're kind of projected a future and they yeah. play the under 20s and so on and Burns had done none of that no. you know he was kind of dropped he wasn't even just dropped into a Welsh team in the way Andrew Coombs was yeah uh, he was dropped in for a six nations that Wales won and then kind of faded out a bit after that whereas Lloyd Burns was dropped in for a world cup right yeah. he played in the warm-up games yeah he played in the world cup itself uh, and then he had some time in the following Six Nations where Wales yeah. won a Grand Slam, where he was in the squad. And I think he maybe missed most of it through injury. Yeah, I think he did. Um, I think he got injured in like, the first game. Yeah. Something. yeah. But that was his entire Wales career, right? Yeah. It was a Grand Slam, a World Cup semi-final, and some warm-ups. What I'm saying is we should have picked him more often. <laughs> yeah, because they went pretty well. Yeah. Oh, man, he should have... Maybe if he went in 2019, we'd have won the thing. We'd have, we'd have won it. Yeah, it's confirmed. Yeah. But instead, he won the Brick Lane World Championship. That's true. A That's year ago. <laughs> Do you think in Brick Lane, they're now saying he was a rugby player a year ago? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> sort of when he was entering the Brick Lane competitions. Yeah. Going, you know he was a rugby player a year yeah, ago. Yeah, ex-Wales international Lloyd Burns, who is now a star bricklayer. But that's like one of those... It's one of those things that must be hard to believe for a lot of people, but it's so Wales. Yeah, It's like you'd hire a bricklayer, you'd hire this firm, and just oh, a World Cup semi-finals would be there. In that way that, you know, you can't... You can't walk two miles without finding someone who's at least related to a Welsh international in <laughs> Wales, especially yeah. West Wales. Yeah, yeah, that's like true. I think I think about I think more schools than not have probably produced a Welsh international at this point. I think in Wales, I think that's entirely possible. I know that um, Bro Mervyn in Carmarthenshire mm. that uh, they've obviously had like. Bruce Priestlands come through from there, and like Emery Phillips, and like that, I, mean, I think Foxy it basically went there is the fly off factor, and isn't like, it? Loads like of, one of their classrooms. Yeah, yeah. Like loads and loads of Scarlets and mm. Wales players have come through there, and basically, one of my friends used to go there. They had this thing, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody who did go mm. there, because it was like a massive school or whatever, mm. but. They would try and get like loads of guest speakers in from like different walks of life and people who've been to the school or whatever because it's a pretty successful yeah. school. And every time they just can it and just go, "No, she can Owens in again." <laughs> They'd cannonball it. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's a he's good value. B he's a, ho- a proper household name in that area. Yeah. He is the sheriff. And he's most passionate about anything. Exactly, it's Welsh. And like I remember looking his school up. I think yeah. So there's you know there, there there's a solid. List of former alumni, considering you know our former school has someone who was once in the cabinet briefly, 
Yeah. Um, and and Squidge Rugby. And, and Squidge Rugby. <laughs> and and me. Yes. Uh, Ellis James, same school. Uh, Stephen Jones, as in... Steve-O. Yes. The one we like. Fly half. Pre- Reese Priestland, Ken Owens, Alid Thomas... Matthew Stevens, former professional snooker player. Mevin Davis. I don't know where Pearl's Emmett Phillips out of. I must have been thinking Mevin Davis. Well, he no, he, he probably is. Yeah, you know, there's. True. I don't know how many goals there are in that area because there's so. You look at like Newcastle Emlyn, which is again. Yeah, there's, I think there's one school in the area, and so Mike Phillips, Scott Williams. Foxy, uh, yeah. Emma Phillips is from there. Yeah, um, there's oh, so think, many players um, in that sort of area. I think um, Ryan Elias went to the school as well. Right, I can remember my my friend who went there messaging me once when the Scarlets had named the team while the internationals were away, and there was somebody at the call to the bench, and he just said, um, <laughs> "This guy was in year seven while I was in sixth form, and he was bigger than everybody in the, <laughs> the school." So yeah, there's a thing. They it? must just head into that school and they just look on the playground and go. Biggest kid. Yeah. <laughs> Just take him in. <laughs> Fancy a game for the second team <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. Should we get back onto this match? Let's. Because there's... I mean, we'll stick with the West Whalian yeah, theme. Yeah. And George North uh, cool. making a break off an inside ball from He's Graceland. North Whalian, but well, I'll give it Yeah, that's true. But Scarlet's in it. But yeah, he gets the ball, inside ball from Reese Priestland. And he just completely bamboos bambo- the entire Fijian mm. defence. And... He's very nearly about to score, and he just goes, yeah, I'll pass to Priestland, why don't I? <laughs> Priestland, who is a bit more marked than North is, then just goes, no, it'll look fancy if I passed it back to you. You have it back. And sort of they do this little one-two. And George North, again, who would definitely score. Definitely. Five he's, pieces out. But, but he'd have to spin, and it'd be yeah. know, ungainsly. So he's had to reach behind him to get the pass. Yeah. So he just flicks it up to Jamie Roberts, because it looks nicer. And I love that he's done that. As like a 19-year-old, who is now, you know, looking at, potentially coming near the Welsh try scoring yeah. record now he's you know approaching his 30s and at this point he, he was on like a try a game in a Welsh yeah. jersey or something like that wasn't he and he decided you know what instead of uh, trying to continue my try scoring streak I'm going to make this try look nice and I love that he did that Yeah. so Jamie Roberts slides in for his second and Roberts looks so elated he oh, looks yeah. so happy he's enjoying it so much it's, as you would you know yeah. I had such a good time watching this back yeah. and that's kind of the moment of crowning glory that is one of the tries of the tournament yeah. for me it's absolutely majestic by North and the fact that he I think he'd probably sent himself a bit of a message of wanting to look like a bit of a playmaker as well as yeah, yeah. just a scorer and he wanted to be a bit of a, an assister like, I've missed that George North so much yeah I'm yeah. so glad to finally have him back absolutely yeah uh, because he was so joyous to watch you know not just good yeah in the way like 2013 George North was really good you know yeah and scored a lot of tries created a lot you know gave those little passes to Foxy as we yeah. saw but there's something about the 2010-11 George North that loved playing rugby yeah, that yeah, I've yeah. really missed. Yeah. And he looks like that again, finally Absolutely. Toby Booth at the was, Ospreys and now the Six Nations. Games like this were why people originally started to say the whole, oh, let's play him in the centre, let's yeah. run everything through his channel, uh, which obviously has taken such a long time to hone as a, a craft, but it's, they've finally nailed it now, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's great to see that sort of he's, he's fulfilling his poten- potential as a centre. Mm. No, Absolutely. Uh, and just as a rugby player, you know, yeah. it's just because he's been playing on the wing for the Ospreys yeah. and looks so good and is getting himself involved, but not in the way Gatland used him as a crash ball. Yeah. And Gatland said, okay, you want so many touches while you do as well. It's like, actually, you know, you want him having so many involvements. You want him enjoying yeah. it. And you want him out in space. Yeah. So, speaking of Priestland, I guess, yes. uh, there's another point where Fiji just kind of cleared from their own try line and Priestland gets the ball playing fullback 
and just kind of thinks again like you know how you said Jamie Roberts earlier went let's win lads yeah Preston just kind of thought yeah I'm just gonna mug all these guys yeah should we off. just score do you yeah. never try and Priestland right. just steps around Michael Tanithak in Bell twice with ease. Yes. Uh, he does it once and then sees that he's turned his back and just goes, yeah, I don't really care about running into that space. I'd rather do you once more. <laughs> and he does. And then he delivers this total porno offload to Jamie Roberts, who then uh, releases Luke Charteris in some space. And I love those backline moves where they've created so much space that you find like front five forwards looking yeah. lost in the wide channels <laughs> because they've worked that, that so far much more then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because they're not thinking about the next phase. It's just yeah. you've opened so much space that this guy is just gonna, it's just got a clear country in front of him. And obviously Luke Chargers looked completely lost, but it was great fun. Yeah. Can we, can we, however, talk about the next try? I think I know where this is going. The yeah. next try. Do because... you, would you like to, in all its glory, present this try to us? Yeah. This is, if ever there's a moment we wanted Friend of the Pod, Rhiannon Garth Jones on. Of course. Um, it's, it's, it's basically... Like, this try is the Steve Walsh of tries. Yeah. I think. It's pretty beautiful. It's, it's I mean, very handsome. Is it as handsome as uh, a certain try scored by a front five forward against Namibia earlier in the tournament for Wales? Oh, it's close. It's close. It's close. It's close. But in the way that, you know, there's certain there's a certain different and possibly greater joy to give than to receive, you know, mm-hmm. to, to assist rather than to finish. Sure. Right? So where is against Namibia... Geffen Jenkins played as a classic fullback, you know, sort of, of taking it at the back, stepping around, jinking, running going switches, all the way. Dummies. Yeah. All of the classic ploys. Here he converted because he was always better for 10, 15, 10 12, yeah. 10, 15, you know. Yeah. He converted more to the 10 role. And in his own 22, Wales turned the ball over. And Geffen Jenkins receives it. He I looks like how up. he called it his 22. Yes. Geffen. This 22 Look, belongs to Geffen. This world belongs to Geffen. That's true. Geffen Jenkins looks up and he sees space. And he sees who's out wide. Why? It's Stephen Lee Halfpenny. And he bombs it downfield. And it goes like 50 odd yards. Yep, he boots it basically up to the Fijian 22 metre line from his own 22. Uh, Just as far as he can welly it. And one of the Fijians is tracking back. Albert Fooley Fooley. It's Albert Fooley, okay. Who's playing on the wing, usually a centre. And not a man known for his handling. No. Um, Nor covering kicks. No. Safe to say. Who tries to dive on it, but by this point it's just starting to rain. And he fumbles it backwards right into the arms <laughs> of the on-chasing Lee Halfpenny, who is at this point on a massive try drought. Yeah. Like, because he'd come through as that kind of young, very exciting winger yeah. um, who scored all the time. And like his try-to-game ratio was insanely high, yeah. both for Cardiff Blues and for Wales. Then and there was then a load he... of pressure put on him, I yeah. feel like, to score tries. And he sort of thought, like, no, don't pressure me to score tries. I'm my own player, sort yeah. of thing. You know, I, I'm going to be this great... Not, not that he's ever just wanted to be a defensive player, because he's far from that. Yeah, yeah. But the way that he rounded really his he can't attack. Oh, I've read it on Wales Online. I read oh, it in the really? comments section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just reading it. I was just on the like, Facebook oh, page, they, yeah. They, yeah, the W Facebook page. I read that Lee Harpenny can't attack. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Therefore, it must be true. Um, it is true. But... No, obviously he's a much more rounded attacking player. And he's, to be honest, these days he's probably better than the he's ever been, um, mm. even as a teenager. 
But yeah, it was just really nice to see. He looked, again, absolutely elated to go in for that try, didn't he? Even though Wales are sort of 50-ish points up at this point, he probably pumps the air and looks so thrilled and sort of shouts to himself that he's finally scored again. Yeah, yeah. And it was great to see, because so rarely does Lee Halfen let himself be selfish, you know what I mean? And like think for himself, because he always thinks about the team first. And it was just, I was just so happy for him, seeing him go over as a, a Welsh fan. Yeah. Um, and just a fan of his, you know, he he looked absolutely delighted with himself um, yeah. to finally be on the end of a score because against Namibia, he kept setting them up and yeah. he never quite crossed himself. There was one he offloaded to Lee Byrne. And at this point, you just felt like, yeah, it's it half and he still got it in it. such him. a frustrating game, wasn't it? That, yeah. For him. Because he, he played just, so well yeah, and just didn't get any points to show for it. He just, he couldn't quite do it. Like his last try was against France in the previous Six Nations. Wow. Right at the death. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Right before Shane Williams scores that famous yeah. try, half penny scores. Yeah, was it was it Shane set him up? Yeah, Shane set great him up. pass. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Shane put him in the corner. Um, what a try that was! Yeah, I know. But because if you look at his first sort of year and a half for Wales, right? It's obviously first cap he kicks a long range penalty against South Africa, two tries against Canada. He then continues to score sort of every other game almost for Wales, right up until pretty much that game against France. At which point it just seizes up. Yeah. And he then plays sort of 12 tests in a row where he just doesn't score It's anything. always a learning curve, sort of like yeah. the second dozen of caps that a winger has when teams are starting to mark you. Jacob Stockdale's going through it right now. Yeah, exactly. And having to do the whole becoming a fullback thing. Yes. Um, yeah, which Harpenny then did a few weeks later. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the things where you've got to have something else up your sleeve, you know. Exactly. And that's why you look at someone like Damian Penno mm. and like they have that sussed, you know. Yeah, yeah. They have so much more of sort of like a creative role that they can play. And you're right, Stockdale's a great example of that. And Halfpenny had to learn on the job yeah. how to sort of overcome that. And he did such a great job of it. Yeah. There's an argument Josh Adams is doing that right now, actually. Yeah, there is. There yeah. is an argument of that. Well, I think Adams has always, always had that up his sleeve because I think that Adams, despite being the best finisher in the world, I think finishing isn't actually the best part of his game. Yeah. I think his kick chase is incredible. I think that he is, he is he's as just, good as anybody. If you were to describe what you want from the 2020-2021 winger, it's Josh Adams. Yeah, absolutely. Right, you you have to describe Josh Adams or you describe, you know, the kind of Cheslin Colby, Lewis Amit, yeah. you know, the kind of like X-Factor player yeah. to use that. Or it's Caleb Clark. But... Oh, I've not heard of Josh Adams, so therefore he's not <sighs> good. Whereas Caleb Clark is actually almost the opposite. Yeah. Like, he's got that kind of burst of raw talent. Yeah. But, the rest of his rounded game isn't exactly what he's, coaches he's a are great for. individual when it yeah, comes yeah. to bursting oh, through defences and stuff. Like that's it. But like the way that Josh Adams is so technically spot on, like yeah. he's so strict with himself defensively and with his width and attack and everything. And in he's ev- so spot yeah. on with everything. Everything except going to gender reveal parties. Of course, um, yeah, he's, he should be strict which, on himself. Yeah, he should. He, he <laughs> needs down restrictions. He needs. He needs to be slightly stricter when it comes to his sister's gender reveal parties. Yeah. But other than that, do we ever find out what gender it is? Do I don't know? know, you know. No, they should have a party about that. That's true. They should invite us. Yeah, June 21st. Should we go? Let's go. Yeah. June 21st, Josh Adams' sister's house. Yeah. We're going to be there. Pod the baby social. would have been born by then. But yeah. that's the biggest reveal of all, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, whole baby reveal. Not just baby right? gender reveal. You get to like, what it looks like. Yeah. You know, what noises it makes. What, what, what job it's going to have. Do you think I have um, Walsh accent already? Yeah, I think so. You get to learn so much about a kid yeah. once they're alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all the the options come up in the menu menu. Yeah, yeah, You know, you yeah, can yeah. choose their, their occupation. You can choose everything else. Yeah. You can interact with it. It's, oh, it's yeah. yeah. You press A, and you just sort of hold it. Life and noises. a miracle. I can't believe it, honestly. The, yeah. the quick time event of having a baby. Yeah. 
Should we do do that live on the pod at some point? Should we just go to your baby? Out. Or is that a bit incest? Wow, hello. <laughs> um, that's very forward of you. We need to, we need to talk about um, things probably off air. We, right? we probably need to have that conversation another time. Okay, okay, cool. So, uh, you know what conversation I do want to have, though? What? Lloyd Williams' try. Yeah? Lloyd Williams scored a try. Yeah, he did. Yeah, it's well taken. It's a good try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, the, the important thing about this was that I believe this was the try where... On Scrum 5 after this game, Brimmore Williams was on the panel, mm. who is, of course, Lloyd's dad. Mm. And he pointed out that Lloyd had now scored more tries for Wales than Brimmore had. Yes. And obviously now Lloyd's got a lot more caps than Brimmore got yeah. because he was playing behind a guy called Gareth Edwards who you might have heard of. And Lloyd Williams has, of course, <laughs> and still is the best attacking back in Wales, and I stand by that, and is also a world-class winger. Obviously, obviously he's one of the best wingers of all time. But it's that interesting thing, right? Of the, because he played in the seventies and they didn't really use substitutions then. Yeah, Brimwell Williams is one of the best. Is regarded as certainly one of the best scrumers Wales ever had. But he won about four caps. Yeah, because he spent his entire career as second choice to Gareth Edwards. Exactly. And Edwards never got injured. He played all fifty of his tests in chronological succession. You know, one after I think it's fifty-four of his caps. Yeah, but he played them in chronological order you know he didn't miss a game from his first cap to his last cap and so Brimmore was sort of just left there you know I think yeah. he maybe got like one appearance of the... like he played for the Lions before he played for Wales that's incredible because I've just had a thought imagine how class Lord Williams would have been in the 90s I know oh he's the image of like a 90s scrum like, like if he's... he was sort of on the bench for like I don't know like your Rob Jones era or yeah, like yeah. Rob Howley era even like if he was on the bench for one of those and was sort of coming on it's just like Everyone's just like, oh my god, he can kick off both feet. This is incredible. <laughs> well, I think about this sometimes, right? I wonder if we're going to see whoever... If Lloyd has a son, do we have a third generation... The first third oh, generation scrum half? Yeah. Because but, I don't think it's happened yet. I don't think there's been a third... Like, Peter Stefter Toy's granddad played for the Springboks. Yeah. And his dad didn't. They skipped a generation. Or his mum, whatever side Right, it is. yeah. Um, but I don't think there's been a, a three-generational... Think about the fact that every time mm. you see... Osprey's Hockey Reef on Phillips play. Yes. They point out that his dad, Kevin, played for Nice. Yes. And it's like, sometimes you get some of those players where you can just predict that their offspring will be the one that's good at Yeah, yeah. Jordan Crane's son being good just makes sense. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Whereas, like, obviously, you know, when Stephen Jones had his child, mm. like, every, there was already bets on, like, odds on him playing for Wales. Yeah, Like, yeah. since... Probably well, he was born, he was born on Phil Bennett's birthday. Oh yeah, he's, I think he's in born Jiffy's in the same, hospital. Or the same hospital as Phil Bennett on Barry John's birthday or something. Yeah, yeah. And everyone just went, "Well, that's happening." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in Ward but Ten, you can those sort of seem obvious. You know, yeah. you put pressure on them, and you know what? They might not play rugby. Yeah. But I just feel like Lloyd Williams's offspring will probably play yeah, if, regional rugby. If if Lloyd Williams has a son, he's playing for Wales. Yeah. Or he's at least playing for Cardiff. He's at least playing for professional sure. rugby or daughter. Um, I yeah. feel like if Lloyd Williams has offspring. They're going to be a good rugby player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a few like, I don't know, I can see Lloyd Pierce. Is this having a really a weird conversation to have? Um, it a... probably is, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, good on you, Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd <laughs> Ashley. Good luck. Lloyd Burns. Your Lloyd's. Anyone called Lloyd? Yeah. All the Lloyds. Yeah, Johan Lloyd. Johan Lloyd, who is actually a baby himself. Yeah. Maybe that is Lloyd Williams' son. Or Josh Adams' sister's child, who was not born yet. At time of recording. The first child to play for Wales before being born. I tell you what, if Josh Adams' sister's baby plays for Wales, they're going to dig this up in the archive and see that we've called it. Mate, it's going to be so good. Okay, so there's only one more try to talk about. Mm. And that is beyond the 80th minute, John the Fox Davis has come on. And it's way too easy. So there's a couple of things that happen in the lead up to this. Go on. Wales have a mall just inside their own half, just inside the opposition half rather, the Fijian half. 
and Ryan Jones tries to kick the ball out. Yeah. Uh, he misses touch. He misses everything. I forgot about the, this. The whole thing goes terribly, but Wales somehow keep hold of the ball. Yeah. They spread it wide. They make a bit of a half break. And then you hear one of the Welsh forwards, it might be Ryan Jones himself, scream, just kick it out! For God's sake, just kick it out! They don't. Foxy picks and goes. And Alan Wynn is on his shoulder the whole time, looking slightly forlorn. Um, but then Foxy crashes through tackle after tackle. And just as you say, scores a far too easy try. Yeah. Is the Ford really pissed off he scored it? Yeah. But that's it. I, I, don't, I don't blame Ryan Jones for calling no. him and trying to get it off the field. Because like Wales have brought off Sam Warburton with about 15 minutes to go in this yeah, game. Yeah. Because they didn't want to risk him and they wanted to test playing out 14 men. Not that they would ever need to play without Sam Warburton. No, play with 14 men later in the tournament. It's a strange thing to try and practice because realistically that's not going to happen. Given no. Sam Warburton at this point has never had a card in his life, yellow or red. So it's a fairly silly thing to try and trial. But, you know, they gave it a go. Who cares? Yeah. And Alfie suggested at half-time, like, I think we should bring off Jamie Roberts, bring off Sam Warburton, bring off Adam Jones. They had the bonus point by half-time. Yeah. They were through, and you're not losing to Fiji for 31-0 up. Yeah. Now, no matter what Wales' history is, that's yeah. probably not going to No, happen. and with the energy of the game and stuff, you could tell Wales were going to see that out. Exactly. I don't blame him for saying kick it out, but, you know, Foxy has chalked another one up on his uh, try yes. records, so fair play to him. Yeah. Um, and that brings us right through to 80 minutes. Is there anything else to say? No, I mean, just excellent win for Wales. Um, yeah. Yeah, they were good. Do you want to do the Fijian leaving party? or Man I Mar- think we should do the Fijian leaving okay. party. I'm going to quickly so, look over my notes. Yeah. But there, oh, there's the two things, right? One is there's a really great moment I loved that really sums up who Sam Warburton was. Okay. Where Wales are, by this point, I think they're, they're around 31 nil up. And Fiji overthrow the ball at the line out. And Sam Warburton absolutely hairs Oh, it. yes. Like, I saw really it, yeah. goes for it and dives so low. And it's such an inspiring moment of just yeah. never giving... I'm just really, really putting it all out there. When the game is already won, and most players have been yeah. slightly lax by that point. Yeah. Did you see that in the pre-match thing, there was a thing, an interview with Sam Warburton that they did. Mm. And he started talking about how he hates when people call him Wales captain Sam Warburton, even though he is the captain. And it was just like, he was still growing into this, this yeah. leadership role, which he embraced by the end of his career. Well, did you see his interview post-match? Yes, but I was sort of zoned out by this point. So, the first thing he says, when asked about what he thought of the performance, was we gave away too many penalties at the breakdown. Which is very Sam Warburton. Yeah. And then the interviewer goes through it, and, blah, 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 and he gets to the end of the interview, and he says, good luck against Ireland, who oh, hadn't yeah. yet qualified. Yeah. But, I mean, Italy always finished third, so... Exactly. It so, makes sense. You, can, you can assume. But they made an assumption there. Yeah. So, it is with that information that we say Mothe to the Fijians, the flying Fijians from the 2011 World Cup. What's this banger? This is Sai Vagadachi from Fijian Hits Volume 8 DJ Remix. Oh, class. Let's see what's on here. Um... These all look like bangers, to be fair. Genuinely, so there's 49. If it was one more, I would genuinely believe that's a Fijian lineup. <laughs> Go check it out on Apple Music, fellas. Volume 8, it's the fa- It's my favourite. This was released in 2012, so it's pretty close. Okay. The closest volume to this World Cup. I say on Apple Music because if you're on Spotify, you should be listening to this podcast and nothing else. Any, Are there uh, other things available on Spotify? No. 
Okay. I don't think so. Don't tell them. Don't worry, you don't tell them. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah. There's, there's... The people that Cape Blanchett's forces over the years of. Yeah. yeah so yeah. basically, we want them to, like, if they're listening to anything else mm. ever on Spotify, whether it's music, podcast, whatever, they're cheating on us. It's this and Taylor Swift's re recordings of her original. Work. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, fine. Those are the that's only exempt. Things. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Because it's an inspiring story to yeah. see a female artist really reclaim the back catalogue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Those are the only two things that are allowed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Carly Rae Jepsen, because I watch Elite Leeds in court, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Any, anybody who's featured on this, yes. um, yeah, if exactly. they have musical numbers, yeah, Jamie Wall's music. You can listen to them all once. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah, once yeah. through, and then you're back to this podcast. If anyone if anyone wants to go out and listen to uh, Sam Roberts' diss tracks... Yeah. Um, oh, they're great. Against... Scribe and P Money. Yeah, every yeah. other commentator, BT Sport employees. Yeah. Uh, Sam, Sam Roberts recorded a diss track, personally, against yeah. every employee of BT Sport. Yeah. His one against Nick Mullins is particularly inspiring. Yeah, yeah. They brought a tear to my eye. Uh, yeah. His one against Austin Healy is just disappointingly tame. Yeah, um, yeah. I think she got a bit harder on Ali. I, 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 I completely agree. So Fiji... And weirdly, his, his Lawrence Lally one is just sampling this podcast. Yeah, yeah, which is mad. But yeah, Fiji. Fiji. Goodbye a, to them in this World Cup. A team who, unlike Lawrence Lally, didn't cross a lot of white lines. Yes, so Fiji were obviously kind of disappointing in this World Cup. I think yeah. we we come to expect a lot of Fijian World Cups, and this is the the, the poorest they've been in the World this Cup is, in this the longest is time. The weakest Fiji team this yeah. in the World Cup. They had that great game against Namibia, which we loved. I think but that game was fun rather than them being oh, great. Oh yeah, yeah, they you were know? amazing. They played their part rather than being standout. You know, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a great performance because they still conceded no, a lot. It was of good. But oh yeah. yeah, Namibia were also great. So, yeah, yeah. You know. Oh, I missed Thomas Kotsa. You anyway. look at this Fiji team, right? And the players that stand out, other than Tony Tale kind of stand out for what they did in other World Cups yeah. or other tournaments. That's the thing. So, um, like, um, Tani Tale is obviously the standout player in this yeah. World Cup. Uh, I'd say the other ones, the sort of revelations have been Veronique Golova yeah. and Leonie Nakarawa, who yes. obviously... Well, that's we, it. So, because of the context of knowing what he goes to do on tw- in 2015, yeah. it helps us sort of see the cracks starting to form. Leonie Nakarawa is now one of the all-time great Fijian players. Yeah, for sure. But at this point, he was a promising guy who yeah, had, of course. was really rough around the edges, but was yeah. you could see the sheer talent there for a second. Absolutely, row. yeah. Uh, Gonova had just come over from sevens um, and obviously got a contract with Leicester Tigers off the back of this. And then has... But he made his name as the guy who scores endless tries in every Friday night premiership match you ever yeah. watch, rather than what he did for Fiji. Even though he's a very you know, he is, for June Hick, yeah, he is Fiji's all-time top try scorer. But yeah. weirdly, he's better known for the tries he scored for yeah. other teams than Fiji. Yeah. Obviously, Akabuzi and Guerra was great, but um, again, more but, known for what he did before yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. Like he, he, this wasn't him in his prime, you know. No, so it's, Fiji it's played of, their part, but we some, somewhat expect more of them. They were rubbish against South Africa. They obviously solid against Namibia, and, and the game against Samoa game. was really drab. Yeah. And then they just yeah, they caused some problems for Wales, but they didn't actually We've do anything. Had to, actually, had to actually mention. We haven't talked about them. We haven't yeah. talked about them at all. And... <laughs> Should we stop looking at the Fiji team? <laughs> <laughs> but I say you run through that team, and you can look at the lineup, right? And I say Kerasone, barely remember him. You know, yeah, I don't really. Remember um, him. Ravai Fakitaya, no, I don't remember him. At I don't all. remember Fatiaki. him. For Fatiaki, yeah, I yeah. yeah. I don't remember Nalanga, the prop. No, I barely remember a lot of this team, yeah. you know? And it's a real shame. And look, they weren't very good against Samoa. They were actively bad against South Africa. And they had a couple of moments against Wales, but they couldn't score any points. Yeah. The only game where they really performed was the one against the Frogs. Yeah, of course, yeah. Like, they really stood up in that semi-posed match they had against the Frogs. The, the difficult thing is they were so far outnumbered. Yeah. And also, like, the turnaround. They are having to play that game the day after. It's which racist. is typical, just taking it out on tier two teams, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And frogs, like 
They treat them as less than human. Those frogs. You're right. Frogs are people too. Yeah. Just that they didn't. They didn't consider the frogs rights at all. Justice for frogs. The dick of the tournament for Fiji has to be, and I'm sure that you wholeheartedly will agree with me on this. And I think you are thinking what I'm thinking, even if you don't know you're thinking it. It's the stat sheet. <laughs> That's it. That was the core distraction. Yeah. Because we... Deacon Manu's lover. The captain Deacon Manu's lover. The stat sheet. I mean, look. Some of those frogs were cause huge problems and disruptions. Right? How many of them? Particularly... Or do you want to write it down? How many? I don't, I don't, I don't want to risk it. Okay. Because I've got things to do, man. Like, I can't be okay. seduced by a stat sheet. I know how dangerous those things can be. Alfred the frog, who was a massive turd. Maybe that's the word I use for the BBC. Um, Maybe so. He was just, just a, uh, a real piece of work and caused so many problems. But, yeah, I mean, Nicky Little, for his inability to hit the goal when he is the top point man uh, in anything. Fair. And also, he kind of stagnates the attack in that very old school yeah. way. Well, um, I think if we pause but... the music now, um, that's probably a nice transition because Nicky Little is my dick of the day for this game for missing that penalty when it could have been he could have set a record and instead just said nah <laughs> do you think he still thinks about that maybe yeah. i don't know my dick of the day was ryan jones for trying to kick the ball out and missing it that's the entirely last valid and my man of the match is jamie roberts i think again as you say he kicks he steps he does nice passes he hits the crash ball lines really well yeah he scores two tries i th- i th- it was hard to see past him. Sam Warburton was great, as was Priestland, but... I think it was a two-horse race Yeah. Um, in George North and Jamie Roberts. North was great as well, yeah. And so we have a rule on when we're playing Rugby Challenge that if someone gets over the trial and passes it, they're automatically man of the match. Right. And so George North is running contention for man of the match, and instead of scoring his second try... He gives Jamie Roberts a second try. Oh, that's a really good point. And therefore, my man of the match is George North. Does that mean that my man of the match has to be George North as well? It's up to you, man. It's up okay. to you. I'm going to stick with Jamie Roberts, but objectively, you're correct. Yes, I agree. Okay. Is that as done on Wales-Fiji? I think I think we are. I think okay. we are done on Wales-Fiji. There's one more thing that I wanted to say. Okay. Which is actually, this is long overdue, but I just remembered about it during the recording of this right. podcast. Okay. Uh, I remembered about this when we talked about Deacon Manu mm. and the stat sheet because it, I'm kind of disappointed by the, the lack of turnaround on uh, people writing fan fiction about that. But um, uh, I think some people have said on Twitter that they're going to get around to it eventually. Sure, sure. So that's great. And so, you know what? No pressure, guys. You know, if you want to write fan fiction, then we're here to hear it. You know, leave it in the reviews section. But speaking of, there was a point where I read out once on the podcast a mm. review that somebody had written and you'd, you you thought it might have been a personal attack against one of us. So I had a DM in the middle of December, actually, so we're a bit late on this, but mm. I'm going to bring it up anyway, from a guy on Twitter called Deeps. And he said, hey, sorry to message out the blue, listened to the podcast and wanted to apologise for the review. Uh, it was meant as a joke, but my name didn't change. And he attached a screenshot of him making changing his name on Apple Podcasts mm. to Feathers McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, that was the one where he's threatening legal action. Yes, but we've so to, to let <laughs> to let Daylight in upon magic for a moment, because yeah. it's his magic. Direct, like as we were beginning to record that podcast, yeah, I got a phone call from Feathers McGraw, Feathers McGraw, from someone who I won't name, who I have a history with. Okay, that is sort of 
people may some people may figure this out. You know, Courtney Laws. There's, yeah. There's, it was not Courtney Laws. You have therefore narrowed it down to about three other people. Okay. Because uh, there's only about four options in the first place. Okay. Um, when you say history, is it like a sexual history or? It's a statue. Yes. Okay. Statue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with with whom there has been um, some tension. Some 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 yes. Friction. I was going to yeah, say. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And they phoned me directly as we were starting, like as I hit record, okay. and I then had to like say sorry, we're recording, and <laughs> deal with in? that there and <laughs> there. <laughs> <Do you want laughs> <a guess? laughs> and so I was sort of on edge that whole podcast. Yeah. And because there is those sort of difficulties there, so yeah, everything was fine in the end in both directions. But when I listened back, that I did realize I was sort of very paranoid, but just because I was on edge from that. Yeah, no, I would be very paranoid too if Feathers McGraw rang me up just before we yeah. started recording this, yeah, which thankfully yeah. didn't happen this but, week. But, you know, me and, before. me and Steve Diamond sorted it out. It's all fine. Yeah. So, uh, it was not Steve Diamond. I'm now, now down to two people. Yeah. Okay, so I want to say thank you very much. Thank to you. To you, to you the listener, to everyone else who is special and wonderful and continues to exist. Yeah. Um, and for, not that anybody's going to listen to this beyond the week we put it out, but for anybody who is in the present, obviously we are amidst this tournament called the Six Nations. Yes. Uh, this is obviously the second well, the second week of the break week, mm. if that makes sense. Uh, so this is going up now when you're yeah. listening to it. The plan currently is we have one more game left of the pool stage, which is Ireland against Italy. Yes, we're so, very almost there. Like yeah, we're, we're 39 games in. Yeah. So the Ireland-Italy podcast, which we're yet to record, is going to go up probably the the next break week yeah uh, somewhere so in that two week period still between fixtures during the six nations yeah uh, but obviously there's been no podcast because you've had to work very hard on videos yeah. which have have been and again we were s- subpar i've got to say thank you no uh, been, we, were, we were we were very hard we were that's okay you don't have to say that we were trying to get one out for the first week then the guests fell through and it all yeah. kind of became a bit complicated sure i ran out of i had like one slot available i felt i could do it yeah and it all fell through so yeah. sorry about that sorry about the wait i said we're going to get the other one out during the six nations yeah we are for anyone that supports the channel on patreon yes. uh doing a preview for each round of the six nations each week so there's one up there was half an hour of us talking mostly about the Jennifer Lopez film Made in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Um, and the spelling of that film. Yes. The title. It's such a clever pun. You have to listen to oh, it. it's really good. Out. But you have to listen but, to it to find out the... Yeah, like, you can't, you can't search. You can't, you can't Google you can't. it. Can't. IMDb doesn't exist no, anymore. No, 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 no. Can't do that. We got rid of it. They better not do that. They won't. They won't. They won't. Okay, Sorry. okay, cool. Uh, they also probably can't spell IMDb, so they're fine. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I um, spell IMDb. You don't, okay. um, because it doesn't exist anymore. It'd be silly oh, to do. We just yeah. established this. Yeah. So yeah. So there's there's more going up as well, and we will return after the Six Nations for the, the knockouts. knockouts, which is mental. It's mad. It's mad. And we've got like a couple of guests. We've got a couple of guests that the, the we'll, guests we have we'll lined later. up. We lined up a long way in advance. Yeah. So there's people that before we started this podcast, we were saying they've just been sat on Zoom for like yeah. months, <laughs> just listening, just chatting to Carly Ray. So yeah, so that's all coming up. That's all hopefully very exciting. Yeah. And we will see you soon for the next game, which is Ireland against Italy, the last game of the pool stages. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.